Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast. Hyphenation. I'm your dashing, daring, devastating, and daring host, Kellen Conley. This episode is brought to you by Lukewarm Circle K Coffee and by Hyphen Podcast Group, Morgantown, West Virginia based podcast collective, bringing great podcasts to the people hyphenpodcastgroup.com and also brought to you by Mark Rob, written by my semi-regular co-host Marcus Show and Mad Love Robinson he writes prolific paragraphs about things you should care about and if you don't he's still really good at writing so lots of stuff in archives working on new stuff before the end of the year if we don't get it by the end of the year look out January that's the markrob.wordpress.com, the m-a-r-c-r-o-b.wordpress.com. Morgantown weather report: It's 26, snowing. We had a clear morning until about eh, 30, 45 minutes ago. Snow is coming down pretty strong. Parking lot is getting covered. I'm in my snow spot, not far from the job. I call this my snow spot because this is where I recorded uh, several episodes when I started working at my new job over in Westover, my, when I got moved to a new branch over in Westover. And it's not the mall parking lot, but I like it because it's kind of in the cut. And no one's ever bothered me here. But I only like it in the winter because if I'm here in the summer, uh, there's like a, a, a vegetable stand and stuff and people walking around and... I don't need y'all bothering me. So before we get any closer to uh, 2020, I just want to go ahead and jump into this Walking Dead stuff here. Talk a little season 10 so far. They reached the midway point. The episode came out on November 24th, the uh, final episode before the mid-season break. The episode is called The World Before. The Walking Dead has been really good this season. Compared to Fear the Walking Dead, which I hated and I kind of begged Angel for us to stop watching, but we're still watching. <clears throat> and spoilers abound, but if uh, you're in the Fear the Walking Dead, Morgan was left. Um, if, yeah, if you're in the Fear the Walking Dead, Morgan was left for dead, essentially, by some mean cowgirl that his group ran into. And there's my guy. I think he lives here and he, he comes by and he parks and he's like, what's this, what's this guy doing here? And he parks and goes in his house. Anyway, so Morgan was left for dead and this little fake cowboy settlement the group had found and seems like Morgan's going to die. There's walkers uh, are about to about to descend upon him. Upon him, he can't move. Um, he is wounded, stabbed. So he might even be shot. I don't know. So looks like Morgan's going to die. Probably won't. And I'm going to continue to watch Fear the Walking Dead because the wife wants to. So there's that. But season 10 of The Walking Dead has been excellent. And let me tell you why. Last season we had, eh, what, four or five episodes of Rick. uh, And Rick's uh, final arc as a main character on the show. More spoilers. Rick didn't die. He, uh, everybody thinks he did because he blew up the bridge with the walkers and stuff and he couldn't find his body. Turns out he was carted off by Jadis in a helicopter to parts unknown. All we know is that Rick Grimes will return eventually. Um, 
in movie form, like stuff appearing in the cinemas. We thought it was just going to be some AMC movies, but these are actually going to come out in, in the theater. At least the first one's going to. And the last episode of season, uh, before the mid-season break of season 10, seems to have set that up. Because Michonne goes and she goes and get, uh, meets this uh, black dude who was trying to... What was he trying to do? They found him in the library um, somewhere because... Uh, Judith wanted wanted to look for books because there's a library nearby, and then uh, your boy who was in um, fanboys, who's part of another group <laughs> that joined up, <clears throat> wanted to get a library, so they go to the library. Judith almost, or he almost gets attacked. This guy saves him. He runs off, and then they end up finding him, taking prisoner. That was like the episode before, and. Um, essentially, there's been a, a lot of things going on. The Whisper War is not quite on, but we're close. Negan has joined up with the Whispers now. Um, he was set free from Alexandria by someone who um, was a fan of the old Negan because his father used to be a savior. Negan goes out and uh, um, he gets kicked out of Alexandria. Knows he can't go back because they were, uh, I think they're getting ready to, there are some things that happened and they were thinking that Oh, they're going to definitely kill uh, Negan. And he got to let go of that one guy. And Negan went out on his own. So Negan decides he's going to join up with the Whispers. Negan seems changed. We don't know for sure. If you read the comic books, um, you know what happens with Negan and the Whispers. But I'm not going to say anything here. Um, but he's, he's joined in. Uh, Beta's not feeling him. He's throwing himself at Alpha. Negan is the best part of the show. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is doing the damn thing as Negan. Excuse me. It's incredible what he's uh, been able to do on the show. So, turns out that uh, Sadiq, the the lone doctor on the show, well, what we, there was two doctors, but turns out there's this dude named Dante who appeared at the beginning of the season, and apparently he was a, a, a someone that they happened upon, and he was a doctor, and like all season, he's been giving weird vibes, and I thought he was going to try to rape uh, Rosita at one point, thought he, he was just a creeper, I thought he um, might even try to come on to Sadiq at times, but he just seemed like a, a goofy guy, but turns out he was a whisperer in disguise, that's right, he's part of, he was down with Alpha and stuff, and so Alpha sent him to infiltrate uh, the Alexandria camp because her whole plan after the whole Pikes heads on Pikes thing last year, last season, season nine, and then with um, the the borderlines being drawn and her knowing that the the Alexandrians had crossed uh, along with uh, the uh, the kingdom people or the kingdoms all at um at uh, the one place. What is the one place? The hilltop. Like everybody from the kingdom folded into the hilltop because the kingdom, of course, burned down. And uh, Ezekiel has neck cancer. Sadiq was the only person that knew. Anyway, Sadiq eventually realizes how he knows Dante. Sadiq's been suffering from PTSD the whole se uh, se season so far. And the weird thing with, about Sadiq is like, all right, you got PTSD. Why don't you talk to somebody? And he just never did it. He kind of talked to Dante at one point. And I thought maybe that plot was resolved, but it just it just never got done. And then Sadiq's having these horrible flashbacks to all his friends being killed because he was there when uh, several members of all the communities were killed and beheaded and then put on pikes for the rest of the group to find by Alpha and the Whispers. But he was allowed to live. He was like the one, he's like, 
uh, the person they left to like tell them the horrors of what happened, you know? So he's suffering from that. And then he starts finally putting two and two together, realizes that Dante was a whisperer present during his uh, captivity with the whispers. And then they fight it out. Dante gets upper hand, kills Sadiq. So not only do we lose Sadiq, the lone doctor, we lose the second doctor. And on top of that, we, we lose one of the more handsome characters on the show. I ain't scared to say it. I don't care. Oh, so, of course, Rosita um, was coming to check on Sadiq. Uh, Rosita has been deathly ill because the water um, has been poisoned by Dante because he essentially, they have a filtration system. He rigged a filtration system to appear that the good water was coming in when it turned out it was dirty water. Several Alexandrians got sick, including Rosita and a nice old lady who Dante actually smothered with a pillow. So that's good. So... Rosita's like, uh, what's up, Dante? Blah, blah, blah. Has the baby, Coco. Of course, you're not, in case you're not sure, uh, Sadiq is the father, but Rosita's currently with um, Gabriel. And Gabriel is kind of, I don't want to say he's acting weird or anything, but Gabriel, uh, who did, he beat the fuck out of someone. I think he actually killed him a few episodes back. So Gabriel's going through his own shit. And on top of that, uh, Rosita finds him, and Dante's like, oh, you know, uh, Sadiq, uh, it's fine, and then, and then, uh, Dante realizes that, uh, Rosita's not buying it, Rosita's trying to back away, she throws, um, well, not throws, places Coco in a bathtub, they kind of start fighting, thankfully, Sadiq has, um, plot, um, driven reanimation, and he comes back as a walker, and proceeds to, um, attack Dante, um, and then, oh no, not attack Dante, he actually goes for Coco, because Coco's crying at this point, and, because uh, she, she, the baby hears the scuffles, and he's going for the baby, he's a walker, he doesn't care anymore, he, he doesn't know what he was, and then, uh, let's see, oh, uh, yeah, so, uh, so, uh, Dante's attacking Rosita, and then, um, Rosita uh, gets the knife away from Dante because Dante had a knife and was that's when he's like, oh, I got killed this bitch. She knows he's going to tell everybody. Blah blah blah. Um, Rosita begins to uh, she stabs Dante in the chest and puts down Sadiq and then beats Dante till he's unconscious. And she doesn't kill Dante though. She um, just stabbed him and managed to keep him alive. So uh, of course in the infirmary they uh, kind of put him together. And then he reveals everything uh, that he was an informant and the Whisperers have been messing with the group for a long time, which something that Carol kind of knew the group and had its suspicions. Everybody kind of thought Carol was being a little paranoid, especially after uh, she uh, tried to shoot uh, Alpha at an earlier meeting at the Pikes earlier in the season. Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy, SB the Ghost. I want to shout out Kellen hyphen Conley and his podcast, Hyphen Nation, which just had his 100th episode, Hip Hop Manifesto and the Hyphen Podcast Group. I want to say congratulations. Love is love from SB the Ghost, LOX, D-Block. Keep doing what you're doing. And shout out to Shiver because he cared about y'all and love y'all. Salute, Ghost told you so. So, 
let me see. So it all comes down to pretty much the the groups have been preparing to fight the Whisperers. Dante knows all that and has been feeding information back to the Whisperers and Alpha. So the Whisperers are pretty much on to them, like know their every move, but now they got Dante. So that's good. Anyway, let's see. Um, yeah, they, they go to the library because Luke, that's who the guy from Fanboys is curly hair. Um, he, um, he actually convinces to stop at the library, look for more books. Luke's attacked by two walkers. Um, he is saved by a guy and then dude runs off. Um, Ezekiel does, uh, or sorry, Gabriel does Sadiq's eulogy at Alexandria. And then, uh, Rosita hears walkers outside, decides she wants to go fight them with brass knuckles. Um, almost gets bitten. Eugene saves her. And her and Eugene have this interesting relationship right now where she pretty much told Eugene, because at the beginning of the season, of course, I told you she's with Gabriel. Uh, Sadiq's the father. Sadiq's got his own issues. Eugene is like super, um, super nanny, essentially. That's what Eugene has morphed himself into right now. And I love, I love Eugene, man. Eugene has really grown as a character on The Walking Dead quite nicely, I think. And especially after the whole thing with the saviors and him joining up, but then not really and actually being a reason that the uh, Alexandrians and the um, survivor group was able to defeat the saviors because all the bullets backfired in the guns because he made shitty bullets. Uh, and Eugene is uh, doing all these uh, things, be a great nanny and everything. And uh, for Rosita and Rosita kind of sees through it and it's like, look, I know that you're, you're doing this for Coco and you're a great friend and everything, but there will never be anything between us. Cause if you remember way back in like when we got introduced to, um, got introduced to big red and, um, and yeah, I said big red Rosita and Eugene, when Glenn, um, and Tara ran into them, Abraham, um, at one point, Abraham and Rosita are hooking up because they were together. And, of course, Abraham eventually left him for Sasha. Um, and then they're banging, and then Eugene is watching like a creep. And Abraham's like, fuck it, let him watch. And So Eugene's always had his eyes on Rosita, literally and figuratively. And at this point, like, yeah, he was a goofy nerd who was lying back then. And now he's still a goofy nerd, but he's grown as a person, and he's, he's a good guy. I mean, he's done a lot for the group, and he's really trying to present himself as this, as this potential mate for Rosita. Rosita's like, nah, fam, that ain't gonna happen. I ain't having it. I'm not interested in you. So Eugene actually goes to the hilltop and starts uh, communication with uh, another group from somewhere. Um, but also during that time, Rosita's really sick um, when she first gets sick. And they have a nice little uh, calm, uh, walkie-talkie conversation where it's like you they you just seem like they just really play up the part where it's like man maybe maybe there could be something here you know like maybe they're more than just friends or at least there's a really deep love and admiration especially from Eugene's side and maybe Rosie is starting to realize it too because she's all alone and Gabriel is off doing stuff with the council Alexandra she's alone uh she's not with Sadiq anymore he's going through his own stuff um she's a new mom she can't do anything and Rosita's always been a fighter so it's just nice to have that communication anyway there is um another plot going on where there's a walker or a walker whisperer who um befriends Aaron and 
by like she cuts herself real bad and they've been like watching each other in the woods and stuff Aaron helps her uh, Alpha's like uh, infiltrate the group uh, blah 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 of course we didn't know Dante had already done that um, so now whatever what is that girl's name I don't even know if she was um, a big part of the episode but essentially her sister's baby um, was the one that got left at um, Alexandria and then eventually um, taken in by that group and is a, a baby to another family uh, she tells uh, Aaron about it and is like oh well I'd like to see my niece and her sister got killed um, by uh, who uh, by walkers because her sister um, kind of flipped out a couple times about losing a baby and then alpha calmed her down but then one day they're doing their whisperer walk thing with some walkers and she flips out jumps on alpha's back her sister knocks off her sister the sister gets eaten by walkers and alpha's like oh well that showed me a lot you're willing to do anything for the group so i'm starting to trust you now which was apparently a mistake so we don't know whether this girl whisperer whose name is not in this uh, i'm just flipping through uh, the cast real quick um we don't know if she's going to actually fully turn to be a survivor group member or if she's still down with the whispers. Um, anyway, Michonne and the group catch up with Homeboy, who uh, helped out Luke and saved him back at the um, library, taken captive. Um, they show Judith and Michonne being badasses together, of course. And essentially, Gary, or Gary, is that what that dude's name? Michonne? Oh, okay, so. The dude's name is Virgil. Shout out to Virgil. Um, and he's like, oh, there's a, uh, another group. We have an island and we have people. I was just here to get supplies for my family and for the group. And I can take you to them. And they, I mean, uh, essentially, the whole thing is here. Michonne gives the man his backpack, tells him that the weapons will pay off his dead ocean side. So they have weapons, which, of course, the survivors are severely lacking because um, they're just not out there anymore. We're like, God eight or nine years into the apocalypse at this point um maybe yeah I, I don't i don't know um so michonne says um yeah we'll go get some weapons and we'll be introduced and so she tells judith that she can contact her anytime reminds her to be good with her uncle daryl so daryl's in, uh, in control daryl is a caretaker of little judith while michonne goes off on an island to go find these weapons and bring them back to fight against the whispers and essentially the whole season ends uh there was a group out trying to find uh where this they were told there was walkers somewhere by dante because they've been looking all season for this horde of walkers that the whispers have and they can't find them and eventually dante says oh they're here and so they go to find them and they can't find them um so the whole there's a whole bunch of them that, that go on this trip so let's see if i can find real quick who makes this run to find out um so we got daryl carol aaron magna jerry connie kelly um so they're all here looking for these walkers can't find them anywhere um oh wait who don't bug body did gabriel oh did oh that's right don gabriel kills dante in this episode because they put dante in negan's cell and Dante asks whether people deserve a second chance. Gabriel appears agreed and pulls out a knife blue and stabs him to death. So that's when Dante gets killed. And then to cover it all, they burn uh, Dante's body. Yeah, so Gabriel kills Dante in this episode. I, I forgot about that. So Dante and Rosita seem, or Dante, Rosita and Gabriel seem to have bonded over him killing her former, her baby daddy's killer 
and they they seem strong as the the body burns. So that's going to have to play out in the second half of the season. And anyway, the group with Daryl and everything. Group arrives at the location. A horde of the clearing. Only find it empty. Daryl tells Daryl to race the time. They'll go search for Lydia because Lydia ran off. Because everybody at Alexandria is treating her like shit because um, she used to be a whisperer. Turns out Dante's the one that really uh, pushed her to run off on her own. So Lydia's out there. No one can find her. She didn't go join up with the whispers. Um, as that we've seen yet, because we haven't seen the whispers in a few episodes. Um, and the whole thing with the whispers is they thought that um, Alpha killed Lydia, who was their daughter, which is not the case. Um, whole reason that Alpha was reluctant to kill the survivor group was because Lydia was still there. So that is also a turning point for uh, Sister in the Walker mask, who finds out that um, Lydia's alive, and then Lydia's mad at Carol because Carol essentially used her to. Um, get the um walker girl walker sister to um aid them lydia gets mad at carol and runs off and everything like that so in the woods carol spots alpha across a clearing and chases after her into a dark building as the rest follow because carol wants to carol alpha because she killed um her son and many of their friends or her new surrogate son it's like kid number five or six that she's lost for carol so poor carol man and also reason why her and ezekiel broke up and um why Ezekiel has no one to tell about his throat cancer other than um, other than Sadiq. So, just to read this real quick, when the Walkers um, chase her in dark real arrest follow, when Walkers cut off the rest of the group, Daryl kills them and enters last. Then he falls below into a cave with the rest of the group into a trap where they find themselves surrounded by most of the horde with no escape. So, several key members of the survivor group was trapped in the cave with the Walkers who were underground. The Horde of Walkers are underground. That's the one part Dante left out. Maybe Dante didn't know. Um, so they found the Horde, but now they're trapped in the cave with nowhere out, no way out, until we come back for mid-season break, which won't be until, it's normally February. So let's see, to be determined. Um, let's see if I can figure out real quick when they come back. There is an ad from Best Buy. Thank you. There is the plots. Blah, blah, blah. Ghost. Da, 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 da. So I think I covered most of what's happened on The Walking Dead. I'm just going to say if you have lapsed for any reason on watching The Walking Dead and you're not sure about, um, about returning, when does The Walking Dead come back on? Walking Dead summary from AMC. Okay. The Walking Dead it, returns to AMC on Sunday, February 12th at 9. There you go. Sunday, February 12th is when we come back to The Walking Dead, ladies and gentlemen. So if you've lapsed on The Walking Dead or you just have not watched The Walking Dead, no interest um, or anything like that. And it's like, well, maybe maybe I do want to watch some Walker action. Like maybe I want to join in season 10. It's a good this season is a good jumping one point because. None of the stuff before, it ma it matters, but they're still telling fresh stories. You can jump in. It's a nice jumping on point. And this mid-season return in February is a nice place for you to start if you want to. So I'm excited for The Walking Dead to come back. It's been excellent so far. It's been a hell of a ride. And yeah, I'm back in on The Walking Dead. Fuck Fear The Walking Dead. But it is what it is because Sky Gimple is still the showrunner over there. Next topic. Welcome back to the Disney Movie Review Podcast. 
That's right. Y'all should have known it was coming. I've been excited for this for a while now. Frozen 2 came out. And I'm not ashamed to say that prior to me actually seeing the movie and seeing the teaser trailer and in the first trailer, I have to say my anticipation of this movie was as close to end game levels as possible. What? What? What do you mean? You're really excited for a Disney sequel for Frozen 2? Yeah, I am. Have you not met me? Jeez. 141 episodes, and you don't know who you're dealing with. Anyway, so we saw this after opening weekend. Uh, it was me, Angel, and Aaliyah. We went to Regal. Uh, it was a pretty uh, crowded uh, theater. No kind of crowd like that was with Endgame, so that definitely wasn't there. Uh, a lot of kids, a lot of adults, too. And... I gotta say, this movie delivered. I saw some reviews, spoilers. I saw some reviews saying that it was maybe too adult for children. Um, that maybe it missed its mark with what it was trying to accomplish. I watched the Frozen short that came out, um, I don't know, a year or two after Frozen came out. And maybe it came out when the Frozen DVD came out. But it was essentially Anna's birthday party. And Elsa had a cold. And every time she sneezed, she made these little snow, snow, snowmen. They're super adorable. But uh, and that was fine. I didn't think anything of it. I skipped the Olaf movie. Was not concerned. I never heard great stuff about that. But man, this delivered in so, so many ways. So essentially it opens up. And we uh, are reintroduced to Anna and Elsa's mother. And let me just do the cast real quick because y'all know I'm going to be messing up names. So I just want to get it out there. And if I say it, maybe I will mess up names. Kristen Bell plays Anna. Adina Menzel plays Elsa. Josh Gad is Olaf. Jonathan Groff is Kristoff, better known as King George. Right? From Hamilton? Was he King George? Um... <sighs> Yeah, King George III in Hamilton. Uh, who else is in this movie? Sterling K. Brown as Matthias, um, the leader of the group of Arendelle soldiers who were trapped in the Enchanted Forest over 30 years. Heard his voice, immediately thought back to Black Panther because Sterling K. Brown also played Michael B. Jordan's or Killmonger's father in that movie. He went by a little name called, uh, oh, I don't know, in, in, in Jobu, he was T'Chaka's brother, and T'Chaka um, killed him in the beginning of the movie. I feel my daddy with panther claws in his chest! You know, that guy. So I was like, <gasps> so that, that was dope. And then also, who else is in this movie? Evan Rachel Wood as Iduna, the mother Elsa and Anna, um, who... Only had like one line in the first Frozen, and that kind of bothered me even back when I first watched it. I mentioned it in way early episodes of this podcast that she had very little to do, and it was all about the king. Um, let's see, Aurora as the voice. Who's Aurora? Alfred Molina, better known as Dr. Octopus from Spider-Man 2, was Agnar, father of Elsa and Anna. 
uh, Martha Plimpton as Jelena, Jason Ritter as Ryder, Rachel Matthews as Honey Marin, Jeremy Sisto as King, Renard, and Ciaran Hines as Pobby, the leader of the Rock Trolls. That's just what Wikipedia gives me. So we open up, and, you know, they flash back to um, the King and Queen, better known as Iduna and Agnar, uh, telling Anna and Elsa this story when they were kids about this enchanted forest and how the people from Arendelle met up with the people from this, uh, this where the enchanted forest is at, um, the North, North Oda tribe. Um, they formed a bond, they built a bridge, and they were having a party. All of a sudden, things went bad, and the king was murdered. And a bunch of people didn't, never came back and was assumed dead. And then there was a spell cast. Chance Force is blocked off from everybody. Okay? So you tell them the story. Elsa's mom sings a song. And then we come back to the present day. So three years after coronation, Elsa celebrates autumn in the kingdom uh, with Anna, Olaf, Snowman, Kristoff, Ice Harvester, and Kristoff's reindeer, Finn. Elsa hears a mysterious voice calling out to her. She follows it, unintentionally awakening elemental spirits who disrupt Arendelle, forcing everyone in the kingdom to evacuate. Grand Poppy and the trolls arrive at Arendelle, and Poppy informs them they must set things right by discovering truth of the kingdom's past. So Elsa, Anna, Olaf, Kristoff, and Sven embark to the enchanted forest. Um, the mist parts of Elsa's touch, and they're able to enter it. And then once inside, they... Um, they meet the North Aldra people and also Arendellian soldiers who have been trapped for 30 years, including the aforementioned Sterling K. Ba Sterling K. Brown Matthias. So pretty much you're like, we got to figure out what's going on. Elsa's insisting I have to follow the voice. Kristoff is ready to propose to Anna. Doesn't know how to do it. Anna is, she has a nice little arc in this movie because she's very concerned with Elsa at all times. Almost to the point where... Well, it's definitely to the point where she's ignoring Kristoff and their relationship. But it's all about Elsa needs me, Elsa needs me, Elsa needs me. And she is almost Elsa's mother playing that role. And so that is a big plot point. And essentially they're, they're finding out about different spirits that control, uh, that come from uh, a place called Otto Holland. And this is where all the spirits congregate. And essentially they figure out that Elsa needs to go there to find out what happened between the two kingdoms and set things right and possibly save Arendelle. So essentially Elsa goes on her own, eventually ditches Anna. And then Elsa goes too far and essentially finds out that um, her grandfather didn't like the the um, North Alda's tribe's connection with magic and intention to incorporate. Um, uh, and he didn't, so he didn't like the tribe. He didn't like that they use magic. He didn't trust it. And he didn't want to incorporate them into the kingdom. And so he initiated the conflict by killing the leader of North Aldra. And then Elsa sends her information to Anna before becoming frozen because she ventured into the most dangerous part of Atalan. And this turn causes Olaf to fade away because Elsa is essentially frozen solid at this point. Anna receives Elsa's message, concludes the dam must be destroyed for peace to be restored because the dam was built essentially um, to, to, as a ruse to reduce North Aldra's resources. That's, <coughs> excuse me, that's the reason why they um, built the dam was they were 
essentially going to attack them. And only a very few people within Arendelle knew this. And definitely not her father, who happened to be there that day and was at the party. All of a sudden, things gone bad. And that's the story he tells at the beginning. And then someone saves him, whisks him back to Arendelle. Turns out it was Elsa's <clears throat> mother, who actually is the one who saved him and brought him back. And then, of course, they fell in love and then ended up getting married. I thought for a minute that they were going to have um, Agnar um, be an actually, or North Aldrin, but she did not, and that she had powers, but that also wasn't the case. Um, essentially, uh, there's um, rock spirits that are in here, gigantic earth spirits. Anna lures them towards the dam. Uh, they had a couple run-ins with them, and and then essentially the giants destroy the dam, sending flood down the fjord. Elsa thaws out because the spell is broken. Um, that essentially cast the mist over the enchanted forest. Elsa um, does this awesome thing where she uses her ice powers and her new water horse, that's right, to return to Arendelle, uses her powers to divert the flood and saves the kingdom. The wall of mist disappears. Elsa reunites with Anna and revives Olaf. Kristoff asks Anna to marry him. She accepts. Elsa explains that she and Anna are now the bridge between the people and the magical spirits because ultimately um, Anna they realize that Elsa is a magical spirit from that place that I just said that I was uh, a Talon. They realize that um, she is essentially the. Uh, um, what, hold on, hold on, hold on. Princess magical ice powers. Uh, Elsa learns damage. Elsa continues to find parents wreck ship. Um, Elsa sends on a. Uh, essentially, Scarlet's voice calling her was Iduna, which is her mother. Her powers were gifted by nature because of Iduna's selfless act of saving Agnar. So because her mother saved her father, Elsa was granted with the powers, the ice powers, and she is the fifth spirit of Atalan. So uh, she's a new bridge. Uh, Elsa gives up her power, not her powers, her, her powers as queen. She makes Anna the queen of Arendelle. Elsa becomes a protector in Chance of Forest, who regularly visits Arendelle as peace has been restored. Now, I just wanted to get that out of the way because it's been a few weeks since I saw it. It's really good, y'all. The songs in this movie are incredible. Kristoff has his rock power ballad that is straight out of Chicago's playbook. Playbook. If you like Chicago at all, you know, um, that's just the first song pop in my head. If you like any Chicago, this song's for you. Elsa gets a new song, which is dope. She, they poke fun at Let It Go and a lot of things in the first movie, make jokes about Anna falling so fast for homeboy from the first movie with all the brothers who ultimately be, ended up being the antagonist. It's just really good. Uh, Olaf is good here. They have a really good death scene for him where he's literally melting once Anna, once Elsa has been frozen and huh, frozen. And essentially she's, essentially she's dead. So Olaf dies. Her and Anna, or him and Anna share a quiet moment in a cave where she's hiding from the rock monsters. And Olaf has his way. And then Anna kind of sucks it up and, and finds her inner strength and, Along the way, uh, I think her and Elsa finally have a conversation about, I know you're trying to protect me, but you're the one that's the strongest out of any of us, and that's why you're better suited to be Queen of Arendelle versus me. So Anna goes from being a doting mother of Elsa to being the Queen of Arendelle. Kristoff learns that um, him, and, him and Anna reconcile their differences 
with everything about his power, um, with her ignoring him all the time for Elsa, and they eventually um, end up engaged, and so I guess he would instantly be the king of Arendelle once they get married, because there was no marriage here. Um, Olaf is funny. He ha he has very several um, several funny lines. Um, I, I was laughing the entire film. Uh, shout out to the fact they gave Iduna something to do this movie. She obviously played a pivotal role in the whole idea of Frozen. Whether this is mapped out when this first came out in 2013, the first one, or whether this is just kind of just fell in their lap after it was so successful and they did the sequel, I don't know. But I thought that was really well done. Everything with uh, this with the um, Arendellian soldiers and with the North Alder tribe, I thought that was really good. All those characters had um, funny moments. Kristoff uh, made a friend. Sven met more. Um, Sven's a moose, right? No, reindeer. He meets more reindeer. It, it, it progresses the story along quite nicely. And what it does is it almost gives us a stopping point if we ever want to not, if we ever go back to a Frozen, or if we don't get another Frozen, which I'm not sure if we will. I'm sure if I scroll down here, um, yeah, nothing about a sequel, but more than likely if they can pump out a, a Frozen 3 in the next five years, I'm sure they will because it took six years for us to get a sequel to Frozen to Frozen. So if they do another sequel, it's 19. So 2025, if we get a Frozen 3, um, I'd be interested to see where they take the story. They don't really need to tell any more of the story. We find out also... We find out also more about the parents' shipwreck that they weren't going to a wedding like they were told as children. They were actually trying to travel to the place that Elsa is from. Well, that Elsa got her powers from, Atalan. And so they're trying to discover more about her and ultimately the ship got wrecked. Um, there's a bunch of cool uses for Elsa's powers. I thought at some point Anna would display some kind of powers, but that didn't come. Um, and that's, that's okay. Anna is super strong without having powers. And I, I really thought this, the story, continuing the story of their bond and ultimately giving them some space was the right move. Because it was pretty grating in most of the film to see Elsa... Um, I see Anna constantly doting on Elsa. Like, don't do this. Don't do this. If you run into fire, I'm going to run into fire, which is a nice line. Like, I care for you that much. I love you. You're my sister, blah, blah, blah. But then also it's like, Anna, when are you going to start thinking about yourself a little bit? And Kristoff is um, an unfortunate uh, beneficiary of her thinking that way. But by the end of the movie, it's all nicely resolved and everything. I recommend Frozen highly, Frozen 2 highly. I recommend the first Frozen as well. And I recommend Walking Dead Season 10. Uh, so definitely go see this film. I didn't regret it. I thought it was a fun time. I'm going to go ahead and say that I wasn't as post-leaving it. Like, I really liked it that night when I watched it in the theater. I, I, w I wasn't as taken with it. Like, obviously, Endgame had lasting impact. Um, it, it had a lot to unpack. It was 10 years of Marvel movies. And then even my recent movie, Disney movie review, like Maleficent 2, uh, Mistress of Evil, I was really big on... I was really excited to tell you all about this movie. And I'm still excited to tell you about Frozen. But the the magic of Frozen faded a little bit for me. 
Um, as time passed, if I had been able to sit down right after I, I watched the movie, kind of like I did with um, Maleficent, maybe I would have been more wowed with it. But it's a really solid sequel. They didn't rehash a lot of plot things that they did the first time. There wasn't a lot of, same, um, you know, like, it wasn't cookie-cutter Disney. And that's something that the Disney original animation um, has really done a good job of in their recent films, of making sure that while there's always going to be the Disney formula, they didn't actually harp on any of it too much, you know, like strike the familiar chords. They were there but they were very well hidden is the best way I can say it. So go see Frozen 2. I can't wait to rewatch re it because I know there's a ton of stuff I missed. Uh, Aaliyah did great in the theater, so that wasn't a problem, as did Angel. Um, I stepped out at one point to get a refill on popcorn, and so I missed a little part like right before uh, Elsa makes the trip to the island, and I'm not looking anymore at the name. And so I had missed like a conversation between Sven, uh, uh, between Kristoff and the uh, the guy um, who was trapped in the mystical forest and everything, because most of their tribe has been trapped there for 30 years, along with the Arendellian soldiers. So it's it was just a really well done movie, man. I'm glad I got to see it. I think I enjoyed even more on the rewatch, on multiple rewatches. I don't know what the plan is for this, because this is the first disney film that's been released since disney plus came out so i'm anxious to see whether or not this actually goes straight to disney plus or if um i mean when it hits digital i mean obviously they'll do the um dvds and the blu-rays and everything but i'm interested to see if it'll come straight to disney plus when it hits digital in the next few months which will probably be like late winter um early spring when they uh, unleash that so I can't say enough about it, man. Cast is phenomenal. Movie's phenomenal. Animation's even better than the first time. Disney continues to outdo themselves. I wasn't let down. So, yeah. Watch yourself some Frozen 2. Watch Frozen 1 first. And then watch Frozen 2. And even if you didn't like Frozen 1, watch Frozen 2. Last topic. Something's really been bugging me. <laughs> and I just gotta address it right quick. Aaliyah started watching Fuller House, okay? And I watched Fuller House when it came out. It was like, oh, man, it was that whole novel, the idea of them revamping the old show and the original cast coming back. Same thing with um, Girl Meets World, which I, I will say is a far, 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 far more superior show. Maybe even more adult than Boy Meets World. Um... I was like, oh man, here's here's all these characters that we knew from way back in the day all, and everything. So that, that was the Fuller House nostalgia. And then, I'm not going to lie, um, Stephanie is stacked now. I'm sorry, not sorry. She's a little baddie. And she grew up quite well. You know? And so, that was interesting to see and the actress who plays Gibbler and Andrea Barber um she uh of course she grew up as well she's a she's a woman now as is Candace Cameron and you know like the it's cool seeing all these characters and they brought back Danny and Uncle Joey and Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky Aunt Becky if you need a safe house to stay at while you serve your 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 punishment 
usually a safe house to stay at. They say you can go live somewhere. And you and you just have to go live there until we say you can leave. Aunt Becky. <laughs> just let a brother know, you know. I, I have a whole basement. I'm in it right now. Just just come on through, Aunt Becky. It's fine. It's fine. I have no problem, um, you know, just just being there for you, Aunt Becky. Okay, sorry. So sometimes I'm still trash. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Sometimes I'm still trash. Lori Laughlin, yeah, Laughlin. If you want to come back through, anyway, back to Fuller House. It's cool seeing all of them come back, and the kids have kids and all these things. So Aaliyah is about. I guess three seasons deep into this thing and there's going to be a couple spoilers if none of you if some of the one is not caught up on Fuller House sorry I'm sober this time sorry <laughs> don't really care so listen the first season DJ's husband is dead okay they have three kids together Get how he passed away, but he's not in the picture. Essentially, Stephanie and Gibbler move in with her in old Tanner House, and of course, her last name is Fuller now. Q Fuller House, as well as it just being, you know, just more kids and people in the house compared to before, because originally it was, it was uh, Danny, Jesse, Joey, and then Michelle, DJ, Stephanie six people and as the series grew and more people were added in the, the house crew so now you got stephanie Jimmy giggler her kid ramona dj jackson max and tommy yeah that's these kids names and like i said when i first watched it like this is cute you know i could throw it on and watch it a little bit but you know, it's something i just never came back to i started like the first season probably got about eight up eight 10 episodes in and it just never came back so Angel decides it's a good idea to let Aaliyah watch this <sighs> call me that overprotective parent and yeah I was just inviting Lori Laughlin to my house but also call me that overprotective parent but there is way too much kissing on Full House, on Fuller House for my 5 year old everybody's, everybody's kissing Max is kissing, Jackson is kissing DJ's kissing, Stephanie's kissing Gibbler's kissing it's it's ridiculous, okay? It's it's too much. Why is everybody about kissing? Why is my five year old guy watch everybody kiss all the time? And it's these aren't like family kisses. These are romantic TV kisses. These are Wee! you know that kind of thing. Just saying. Just so we're clear. <sighs> Anyway, they bring back Steve. For those of you who are not up on your full house culture, culture, history, Steve was DJ's boyfriend when the series ended. They dated in high school. Didn't work out. DJ got married to Mr. Fuller. They had the three kids together. Steve pops back up. And then also, somehow... Because I didn't, I have not watched every single minute, but I've seen a lot of this in the past few weeks. DJ has opened a, she's a veterinarian. 
she has opened a, a vet clinic with a handsome man named Matt. Now, let me tell you, first season Matt, when he first pops up, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I can totally see it. He's good looking. He's funny. Like, he's got all the looks of, you know, the guy that he's just, he's just gorgeous. I, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not afraid to say it. Okay? He's gorgeous. And then the whole thing becomes him and DJ get involved, but then also her and Steve are getting involved. And essentially it's Steve versus Matt and Kimmy and and Stephanie over here taking bets on Team Matt or Team Steve. And then ultimately at the end of the the first season, she chooses neither and chooses herself. And then Kimmy decides she's not going to marry Fernando, remarry Fernando, and stay living with Stephanie and and DJ. Yada yada yada. Season two starts up, and then immediately they throw Matt and DJ back together. And then Steve is conveniently with this girl named CJ. Yeah. A girl that literally reminds him in every way. Of DJ, other than the fact that it's not DJ. So they go on this little, uh, I don't know, the storyline is, uh, is eventually Steve proposes to CJ and and Matt and DJ are falling more in love, but then you can see DJ's kind of like, oh man, I miss Steve. And then Steve's like, man, I wish CJ was DJ. And it's real dumb. It's just stupid. And ultimately, CJ and Steve decided they're going to get married in Japan. Everybody goes over there. DJ's like Steve's best man. And then it comes out that he can't bring himself to say I do during the wedding because he's he's not in love with CJ. He's still in love with DJ. And DJ, who was recently engaged on the same trip to Japan, decides, oh, you know what, Matt? I don't want to be with you. I would rather be with Steve. And then they proceed to not be together for like a month. What was it? A, yeah, a month in the next season. Before they finally decide they're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. After they both left their significant others for each other in Japan. <sighs> okay. All that aside. Let me just talk about these these characters. Stephanie's great. Everything Stephanie does is gold. Yes, yeah, the whole DJ thing is uh, like she's literally a, a DJ. Like, I think her name was... Um, DJ, well, uh, what was it? DJ Steph or something like that. Uh, it was something. And then when DJ found out, she's like, that's my name. Something like that. I'm not going to DJ DJ. Maybe it was a funny little bit in like the first couple episodes. And so there's that. And then Stephanie has her own singing career and Ste the arc Stephanie's on. Essentially, she ends up with, um, Gibbler's brother Jimmy, who looks like Ashton Kutcher's little brother. It's not. And then they decide they're going to get pregnant, but Stephanie can't get pregnant, so Kimmy's going to be the surrogate. Whatever, whatever. Uh, Stephanie's great. Gib, um, I don't want to get the Gibblers yet. DJ, I kind of hate DJ. Because they do this whole, who is she going to choose? Is it going to be sexy Matt or old-ass Steve, whose hair is not as big as it used to be in the 90s? You know, and it's 
And then they play that. And then in the second and then in the second season, it's like, oh, she's with Matt, but she really wants to be with Steve. What will happen? Will she her and Steve get together? Will they will they confess their feelings to each other? Blah 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 blah. And then even in the the season that Aaliyah's watching tonight, like I think it's season three. I'm not looking. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not afraid to say that I don't care on this one. Like in this season, her and Steve decide to wait a month before they get together. Somehow she changed her relationship status on Facebook. Thanks, Zuck. Changed her Facebook status on Facebook from um, in a relationship to complicated. And all these dudes are headhunting after Steve. There's this creepy, uh, a creepy, uh, I don't know, this, uh, maybe he's one of Matt, uh, Jackson's friend's dads or something, but he's all over. And then Jack, one of Jackson's best friends has this huge crush on her, and it's super creepy. Like, he's in high school. And... God love him. He's he's a chubby little redhead kid, and he's like, oh, I, I love you, uh, Mrs. Fuller. Blah 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 blah. I'll always be here for you. And it's just constant. Like every episode, he's just like, pretty much is like waiting for the milf porn to happen with DJ. Bro, DJ ain't that cute. DJ is not lust for life cute. <laughs> okay, Stephanie is. Gibbler even has her moments. DJ is not. The hottest DJ has looked at all. She's dressed up like a fairy godmother. DJ is not it. She was not it when she's younger and she ain't it now. Only reason she gets Hallmark movies is because she's Candace Cameron. I'm just saying. She's not. She, she, she DJ's like a six. I, I'm going to just get in my trash bag real quick. DJ's like a six. Stephanie's like a eight or a nine. And I'm going to just say Gibbler, even with all her quirks and shit, she's like a 7 or 8. And I might be overrating Gibbler, but I, I, I find Gibbler to be pretty freaking... I, I don't know. I ain't afraid to say it. She's kind of attractive. She's still Gibbler. She is. DJ is not. But everybody's like, oh, DJ, oh, DJ, oh, DJ. That shit ain't real. Okay? Jackson is the oldest son. Jackson is... This giant dweeb. He doesn't have any direction with his character. Like, they want him to be like this nerdy kid who's very naive and very... Comes off as, I'm a virgin, look at me. But then also they want him to be bad at school like he's a slacker. And just be an all-around goof and do goofy things. He has no direction. Jackson's terrible. He He's currently where we're watching. He's asked his girl Roxy who's with... Um, Stephanie's childhood best friend. Wait, he is with Roxy, who is Stephanie's childhood friend's daughter. Yeah, Pia or Gia, Gia. And I don't care. Then there's Tommy. Tommy's adorable. He plays a Michelle role. He's played by twins. Tommy's great. Nothing against Tommy. Max is young Sheldon. And I, I. I shit you not, he's Sheldon, Sheldon, Sheldon Cooper. And it drives me insane. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He acts like it. He has a girlfriend who he kisses all the time. <laughs> and he makes all these smart comments. And everybody's like, oh, ha, 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 Max is so funny. Like, bro, Max is not funny. Max is a fucking sociopath. And y'all are missing it. Max has issues. I don't like Max. And don't get me started on Joey's awful kids. He has four kids. 
the Gladstone floor, Four. And they've been on that. I've seen two episodes of them, and all they've done is been little shits the whole time. And Joey knows it. He's like, eh, I can do about it. Cut it out. Awful. I talked about bad parenting a little earlier when talking about Elsa and Anna's dad, or Elsa and Anna's parents. Joey Gladstone's a terrible parent. Uh, Uncle Je- Jesse didn't want to adopt the baby. Eventually, he comes around with Becky, and they adopt a little black girl. She's cute. When Jesse's on there, John Stamos is God. Whatever. I ain't afraid to say it. And then Danny Tanner, he, he comes in and knocks it out. It's no big deal. Bob Saget's still killing it. He he, um, the stuff he comes in and does is still very solid and funny. The real stars of Fuller House, though, and where Netflix is dropping the ball. I know this supposed to be doing that last season of Fuller House. Whenever it drops, the Giblers, man, Kimmy, hilarious. Fernando, her fiance, hilarious. Like seriously, like I I'm laughing out loud at these motherfuckers. They're fucking great. Ramona, their child. Probably the most sane out of the two of them. Probably the best kid on the show. But she's also hilarious. Plus it's like, oh, she's also a dancer. She has that going for her too. You know? They need to spin the, the Gibblers away from Fuller House. Get rid of all those other trash characters. Sorry, stuff. Maybe bring stuff. Since Gibblers have uh, being a surrogate mother and stuff. Bring Jimmy. Just do Jimmy, Stephanie... And and the Gibblers have DJ Mary Steve and fucking disappear. And then just if y'all want to run through the roster, who comes through on for what and stuff, that's cool. I want a Gibbler show. Stop making Fuller House. This shit's trash. And like I, I think you're planning on it, Netflix. I'm not looking. I don't care. I ain't afraid to say it. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Go. Give her the rest. Run through if you want. Bring in Joey. Bring in the Gladstone Four. Bring in those trash kids as DJs. Bring in Steve. Bring Matt by for a visit. I don't care. I want Kimmy, Fernando, Ramona, and a little side of Jimmy and Stephanie. That's all I want. Fix everything, Netflix. And then you don't got to worry about the Aunt Becky problem. Okay? Okay, Cupcake? I'm just saying. Man, I watch a lot of TV. Yeah, you. You like comic books, anime, and stuff? Sure you do. Who the hell doesn't? And that's why you should listen to a podcast called Fresh. It's like audio cliff notes of ancient texts painstakingly translated by us for you. So do yourself a favor. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Trust me, we're everywhere. So don't forget, it's a podcast called Fresh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and anywhere podcasts are casted. What kind of forever? Hyphen Podcast Group is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group. <laughs> hyphen Podcast Group. Hyphen Nation is brought to you by HyphenPodcastGroup.com. Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people. HyphenPodcastGroup.com. That's right. Also by the Mark Rob. WordPress.com, written by my semi-regular co-host, Marcus Show Mad Love Robinson. Dig into the archives. He has lots of great, great writing that he has in there about pop culture, about 
TV, about sports, about politics. It's all viable, all great to read. That's the marcrob.wordpress.com. Again, that's the marcrob.wordpress.com. Okay, cool. If you like hyphenation, go on your favorite podcast listening platform, whether that be Apple Podcasts, whether it be Spotify, whether that be Stitcher, whether it be Radio Public, uh, whether that be TuneIn, wherever you listen to hyphenation at. Um, make sure that you're uh, subscribing so you don't miss any episodes. Review if that is possible. Leave comments. Love the comments. Reviews. I don't care if you get on here and say, I don't give a fuck about The Walking Dead. I don't give a fuck about Frozen 2. I don't give a fuck about Fuller House. Why am I listening to the show? Signed, Anthony Sellers. <laughs> I'll read it. I don't care, good or bad. Bring it on. And then also, while you're doing that, if you could slide over to Apple Podcasts and give me five stars, that would be cool too. I'd really appreciate that. Really would go a long way in helping more people know about the show. And then also, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's them again, man. You got to talk about hyphenation with your friends. You got to go to the water cooler and kick it and be like, man, I can't believe he did that Frozen 2 segment so quickly. I really felt like he just kind of breezed over that whole thing. And the other guy be like, yeah, but you said he said, though, that... It's been a while since he saw the movie, and I know it sounded like he, I, I know he read the Wikipedia entry and kind of covered some things, but he also had a, like, a great um, insight into some things and pretty much gave y'all a good, a good review of the movie, right? And I got like, man, no, I kind of wish he had done the Frozen 2 segment over. Guess what? I kind of feel like I should do the Frozen 2 segment over again, but I'm not going to. But in case anyone's wondering, Frozen 2 is dope. <laughs> Go see that movie. Has a great story. Great new songs. Anna, Elsa, Olaf, Kristoff, Sven. The whole gang's here. Elsa's a badass. In great moments. The water horse scene and the scene where uh, from the teaser trailer where she's running across the water and freezing it. Shit is epic. And that's when she meets the water horse. It's so cool. There. Hopefully that calms down the water cooler talk. Uh, so just tell a friend to tell a friend about hyphenation, man. If you can't find hyphenation on your favorite podcast listening platform, though, I encourage you to let me know, and that way I can fix it. Or if you can't find any of the great shows available from Hyphen Podcast Group, make sure you let me know, and I will fix that for you, because that's what I do. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, it's bhypn at gmail.com, at hyphen on Twitter, hyphen universe on Facebook, and the hyphen on Instagram. If you want to go through official hyphen podcast group channels, that's hyphen podcast group at gmail.com, hyphen podcast group on Facebook, hyphen podcast group on Instagram, and hyphen pod group on the Twitter. Just in case you're wondering. Power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life. Get it out. Get it. I'm sober, I promise. No matter what it may be, no matter what you... I messed it up. No matter what you... No, power positive is real. No matter what you have... No matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, you got to do you. Okay? Real talk. Power positive. Power positivity is real. I messed it all up. Let me try that one more time. Power positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life. No matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, you got to do you. Okay? Chia.
Give people your their flowers while they're still here, no matter who it may be. You never know when it's their time to go, or vice versa. Okay? Call your mom, call your dad, call your sister, call your brother, call your aunt, call your uncle, call your godmother, call your uh, godfather. Go visit your relatives this Christmas. Go see your second cousin. Go see, uh, spend time with your kids. Tell them you love them, how much they mean to you, how incredible they are. Tell your spouse how much they mean to you. Just just make sure you're letting people know in some way how valuable they are to you. It's very important. Show love every day, not just at Christmas. Do it every day. Do it. <laughs> you won't regret it, man. Try to have genuine, good interactions with people. You never know what the next woman or man is going through. And your kind words could save theirs their, or could save their life or someone else's life. So always try to have genuine interactions with people. I guess if I'm saying genuine, I'm, I guess I'm asking you to be good. You know, do be nice. I mean, if you genuinely don't give a fuck about somebody, I guess you could genuinely be a dick and have that kind of interaction, but... Have genuine good interactions if possible. Words of wisdom for today. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I know sometimes it seems like... I know sometimes it seems like you're alone. And you have nowhere else. Turn to... Yes, I'm going to use the Africa theme. But you know what? You are strong. But sometimes we need help moving along. And now I'm going to sing it like we're going till November. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Because if you ask for help, that means that someone will come to help. Even if you're overwhelmed, you should just go ask for help. It's okay. You can just ask for help. Everybody needs a helping hand. Don't be scared, man. Take a stand and ask for help and ask for help. I promise that I'm sober. No, but seriously. Some people just don't realize when you need help. You could be over here holding up a ton on a, 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 a literally be holding up a, um, a push-up bar. Um... You could just be holding weight on your shoulders. You could be dead left in there. You could be dead left over here. Have a, ton, a literal metric ton on your shoulders. You're struggling. And so you look over you and be like, eh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Just keep on talking. Not see that you're struggling and falling down and being crushed by weight. Some people need you to say, hey, do you think you could spot me? Can you help me out? It's okay to ask for help, man. Everybody needs help sometimes. You can need help at work. You can need help at, at a store. You can need help at a library. You can need help from like emotional support from a family member or financial support from a family member or a friend or something. Never be afraid to ask for help. You know, the worst thing that could happen is someone says no. I mean, you might get crushed from that weight on your shoulders. But at least you ask for help. But, but seriously, let's stop being so scared to say, hey, can you help me? Nobody wants to be that person, but sometimes you just need that help, man. 
my words for, of wisdom for today. Take that as you will. <sighs> what else I got? I don't think I got anything else. Episode 141. Um, oh, apologies to Markel Faults. Ran out of time. Uh, that Frozen 2 segment really went a little bit longer than I wanted it to. So, you know, these are the breaks, Markel. But uh, really, really do apologize. We're going to try to get you in there next time. And then, and then on top of all that, I don't know. I'm just talking to talk at this point. Guys, I really appreciate you listening, though. Each and every one of you. Hyphenation is scaling the entertainment news uh, Apple podcast charts, and I don't know how, but it's thanks to y'all and y'all listening to me talk like a drunk person or when I did talk as a drunk person last week. And let me just say real quick, if anybody thought I was, I mean, I know I said I was drinking, um, and Marcus said I got a little loose at times. He said I wasn't incoherent, but he also said I was kind of rambling around the point a little bit. I, I do apologize to anybody who was disappointed with that. I was a little disappointed in it too. My little Star Wars rant, along with um, my Raiders rant. I, I, I'm sorry if anybody felt like it was a little like, man, he's really in the bag. I, I literally had one drink, and I, and it really didn't start hitting me until probably halfway through the Star Wars rant. So I do apologize to anybody who thought last week's uh, Sunday's episode was a little disjointed. But I promise I'm sober now. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the Disney Review, Disney Movie Review Podcast. I am your host, uh, Sven Fan Number One. Always a pleasure, but seriously, thank you so much for listening. I, um, I always have said that if my art can affect people in any way, whether it be podcast format and musically or my writing, if I'm able to impact someone in some way, it was worth it. So as long as I keep remembering that, then, um, yeah, we're good to go, man. So I do appreciate that. I say all that to say this. I was wondering how I was going to fill these last 19 minutes of show I needed. And real quick check. Yeah, I've done almost a half an hour. So I say all that to say this. Thanks, y'all. This has been a Hyphen Podcast Network production. They're the bestest. I'm getting paid at exposure.